I mean, did you get something delivered to you in the last couple of days? Oh, yeah. I forgot to post about that. Yeah, I did get my uh, my very smudgeable, don't put it in denim or, yeah. or leather Apple card. Yeah. got mine, too. That's a nice little did you activate? Package. Oh, you didn't activate yours yet and, and go try it out? No, I did activate it, but I haven't tried it out. I just got it uh, half an hour ago. Oh, cool, cool. I'm not sure where to put it if I can't put it in my wallet. But what? My titanium card. Your titanium it's going to be like those, uh, you know, professional Magic the Gathering folks where all of their cards have sleeves on them. Yeah. They play with them so much. Mm. I wasn't kidding when I said you'd need a case for it. Carry, carry it around. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, I've only got the, you know, the one leather wallet. So I said, you know what? I'll just accept the fact that it'll have a patina on it by the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I probably will do the same. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 263 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra, and this week I am in Woodstock, New Brunswick. And I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we have Mark Rubin on the line from San Jose, California. All righty. So right off the bat, we have some fact check from last week. Um, we have a couple actually, but uh, uh, this one is, I, I mentioned uh, we use uh, hydro lines in our houses in Toronto and or in Ontario. I said I said in Canada, but it, the truth is it's actually, we call them hydro lines in Ontario, where we have hydroelectric generators uh, that create most of our electricity in our main utilities called hydro. So I don't know that the rest of Canada would call their house wiring necessarily uh, hydro lines right so do we have to ask mtjc this week Jaime? we do the first one is from uh wardrip it says in response to the evil genius episode when you were talking about the apr and how everyone got 17.99 i too got right. approved at 17.99 when signing up but the wallet app now says 12.99 percent oh interesting oh nine. what is yours any update on your rates guys I did not look. Let me I'm take a checking look. mine now. I don't. I actually don't see the yeah. rate anywhere. I have to. It must uh, be in here somewhere though. Yeah. If, oh, if you. Yep. I found it. You tap on the card. It. You get a little. Mine still says seventeen point nine nine. Yeah. Really. I guess I'm considered a bad credit risk. Yeah, but you know, like this is. You, there's building evidence that normal normal people, not um, not just the Kanye Wests and the you know, <laughs> Taylor Swifts or whatever I said the last time. Um, I, I had somebody. I, I don't think they they gave me permission to state this uh, specifically who they were because they they did it through private means and not through the public internets. Uh, but I can confirm that a, a, another person has reached out to me and said, "Hey, like I I also got this amount." Got seventeen point nine nine. Sorry, the twelve, the twelve nine. Oh, the twelve point nine nine. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay. Then. Wow. And you're you're like a normal person, right? You're not like huh. secretly a celebrity somewhere, right? Like, no, no, fully hmm. normal person. Wow, interesting. Well, that's odd. I guess maybe it depends on what you what you you purchase with it or something like that, right? Does it change over time? Perhaps. <laughs> it's like maybe I'm buying dodgy things, and they're like, yeah, that, that seventeen nine nine is correct for this guy. <laughs> Look at him. Right. Yeah. Well, I've only bought food so far, yeah. so I'm only at seventeen point nine nine. My card is orange. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we we'll have to see. Well, you guys are the, the beta testers for it for the rest of the world, obviously, right? Mm. That's the lucky position you guys are in. Yeah, I still need to get around to connecting up a bank account so I can actually pay off the darn thing come September 30th. Oh, really? Hmm. How would you pay it off when when, it, when you get a debt in there? You uh, you apparently need to connect up a bank account to do that, which is unfortunate because I was sort of hoping that I would be able to use an altogether yeah. different <laughs> card, which had its own rewards to pay off the Apple card. Yeah, and I, no. They've they're, already got my just, account set up to pay this. smart for that. I'm like, what? <laughs> It's just as good. It's just as good money. What do you care? You're not the one giving me the rewards. Well, I mean, you are, but not none extra rewards, a double dip. 
Yeah, but the vendor, the vendor has to pay for the vendor who's handling the purchase with the reward card has to pay a premium percentage for that reward, right? Did you not know that? Like two percent or whatever goes to the they have to pay out to carry the rewards. I've gone to a lot of vendors who just hate rewards cards because the rate on them is is much different, right? For the vendor, the person who's taking your money. Sure, that that, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, how else are they going to give you the reward? They're not giving you free money. Trust me. Oh no, it's definitely coming out somewhere for sure. So a colleague of mine wrote an article on LinkedIn. Um, another worker, somebody else at TD, and I was reading through it, and uh, he was saying that uh, the the cashback goes into the Apple Cash system. Is that right? That's right. Uh, you yeah, get so a, you, you get a little note every every day or so. Uh, oh, really? It, it will depend on how how quickly the the thing that you charge clears. So some vendors mm-hmm. clear like immediately, and some put like a little hold for like a day or two. Um, but I've got. $12.36 sitting right now in my Apple Cash. Really? Wow. Yeah. So what can you do with that Apple Cash? Can you can you deposit that in the bank or can you pay it back on your card? It's a good question. I never actually did connect a bank account to my Apple Cash card. So yeah, you can. I have an option for sending it back to my bank. Yeah. Yep. Let me see. There was another, um, there was another, uh, he was talking about, the article he talked about was a, about a vendor, another another a competitor to Apple, oh, Monzo. You guys know anything about Monzo card? Mm-hmm. It's a similar, and Apparently, this whole idea of, of these virtual uh, credit systems that just, you know, are instant instantly created is not a new idea, according to him in this article. But he was saying that uh, the question is whether the Apple card would be a Monzo killer is the name of his article in LinkedIn. So I don't know if you guys have any input on Monzo. Any thoughts? I don't know uh, Monzo, but it sounds like Venmo. It's, uh, it's, it's actually kind of a lot like, it, you know, having been at Simple and stuff, like it is a very similar sort of setup. They're one of the Neo banks or Challenger banks. Um, I don't recall if Monzo has a uh, an actual banking license and and granted that might mean a different thing in the UK where they're based out of yeah. rather than the oh, United States okay. um, but Monzo Starling uh, I guess you can count N26 now Revolut and a whole bunch of these smaller fintechy startup banks are coming out there and they do some some cool stuff and the Apple the Apple card is really kind of cool for how it shows you you know your transactions and all these other things so it's it's definitely nicer than what a normal bank would give you but I think not quite the same kind of cool tools you would get out of something like a simple or an N26. But it's still early days. It's still only in one market and it's their first time doing this sort of thing. So, you know, give it give it some time and we'll I'm sure we'll see it rapidly uh, rapidly grow. Right. And the colleague that I was mentioning, his name is Milos Dunyik is uh, his name. So I'll have a link in the show notes for that article for people driving at home. Um, so any other experiences about the Apple card while we're still on the subject? Comes in a nice package. It's a little... <laughs> oh, did you get your, your uh, titanium card? Yeah, yeah, it just came to, oh, you were off uh, for a second when I was telling Tommy about it. But yeah, mine came today. In fact, just about 10 minutes before the show started, it came. And uh, it's got, you know, it's it's exactly what you expect from Apple. It's, it's a white little thing. It looks, it's it's a cardboard package. Uh, so it's not as big and bulky as as the ones the hardware comes in, but it it uh, has a little Apple logo on the front and flips up and there's your card sitting inside. And the interesting thing is, uh, it says right on it, it says, or, or on the package, it says activate your card, open wallet and follow, wallet app and, and follow instructions. Now, I didn't do that, but I got a push notification from Apple about five minutes later saying, hey, your your card arrived. Uh, you should activate it now. Tap here. Uh. So now, you know, I'm, I'm wondering... 
how they knew. Now, did they did they find out from the the UPS uh, thing that that it got delivered, or are they you know because the, the card was near my phone? Did they detect it with the NFR uh, NFC rather? Mm, NFC maybe maybe. I wonder. Yeah, yeah I, I I'd hate to say I hate to you know think that Apple's magic and all that kind of stuff. Although I do think they are, but um, I, I get like Amazon notices like that all the time and and uh, UPS and FedEx. I've had a bunch of things delivered in the last couple of weeks where I've asked to them to. Uh, give me a, a text message notification kind of thing right so I'm, I'm assuming that apple must know when when the, the it's been signed for as it were right yeah or dropped off yeah uh, like amazon actually takes a picture of the box on my front front stoop when they yeah leave, ups right? does that too yeah yeah just to prove it was there and you can they can prove it was there before the what do you call them the porch pirates right off, right <laughs> um yeah cool yeah i guess i guess we'll have to get apple cash and all other kind of stuff uh around the world before we get we'll get to see these fabulous cars you try rubbing it up against some leather just to see what happens if you sparks fly or I've not tried that yet <laughs> or, or rub it against your jeans maybe I actually haven't taken it out of the package yet <laughs> let me see I, I actually have used mine because I got mine a day or two ago let me see I keep it in my wallet one sec let me pull this out does it have a, like a magnetic strip or is it just a chip card it's chip is there a signature spot um, on the I think back there's or? a I think there's a magnetic strip on the oh. on the back there's oh, like I said I haven't taken it like out it. of the package yeah okay I'm doing that now alright yeah because oh, you need to swipe it nice. at some places I'm sure uh, I don't notice any staining yet but maybe it's so subtle that I wouldn't see it in the lighting that I'm in right now. Yeah, but maybe yes, it was a preemptive sending message they sent out to people. Well, I, I just I told Mark that like I'm not going to buy a, a sleeve or a case. A or a prophylactic of some sort for this. So yeah. I've just accepted that there will be a nice patina, a leather-colored patina on mine eventually. You don't, you don't think Apple's going to make some you know, I, Apple card socks for them? I think they are going to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be called a sock. There will be... Yeah, well, that's what they called the iPod ones, right? Did they? Yeah, I forgot. But yeah, they you know, had those colored socks, remember, for a while when the iPods were getting all scratched mm. up. Yeah. And that was the big that was the big third-world problem for people. Oh, no, I got a scratch on my iPod. All right, let's move on to our friends over over Google with some follow-up. Yeah, this is um, news that came out when, uh, I guess it was end of last week, so just after we recorded, that uh, the official name has come out for the new version of Android. Um, Android 10 is the official name for Android Q. So if you're very confused... if you don't know, for a very long time, Apple has sorry, Google has used dessert names for its um, its Android stuff. So it's usually come out with like, oh, this is you know M when it first gets released as a beta, and then the finalized release gets the actual name, which was Marshmallow, uh, and then most recent one was Pie for for P, and now they're going with just ten, and so they're claiming like, well, this is for you know more international uh, acceptability, and you know, these desserts don't always translate really well into other languages, like. How interesting that you waited until the damn near impossible queue to decide yeah. to become very interested in this international acceptance for your naming. But uh, I don't believe that's the reason. Yeah. So I propose that we call it exclusively the Android X. Yes. <laughs> and if it catches on, we're yeah. taking credit for it. We started it right now, MTJC right bump. here. Yep. <laughs> it is Android X. Yeah. Okay. Android X. Sure. Works for um, me. Yep. Th- this article from The Verge that we'll have a. Uh, in the show notes for those of you driving at home has a really good what is it the second paragraph it just goes all in with the alliteration on the letter q for every oh, every sentence and it reminded me a lot and this is something we'll also have in the show notes is um, the V, the very famous V for Vendetta quote that goes all in on the letter V uh, when uh, Evie Hammond meets the eponymous V uh, vigilante. Man, I did not intend to use, I was like, 
what's a better word than, than vigilante? I can't think of one that doesn't come with V. So it's a tough one. Hmm. It's a tongue twister. If you try reading that out loud, it's it's tough. After a quarter of quiet, the quintessence of Android brand has quickly changed without oral, resolving a quandary of quitting the quinzotic quest to pull a Q dessert out of the quiver. That's just the first sentence. <laughs> right, right. And for those who haven't seen the movie, it's uh, voila, in view, a humble vaudevillian veteran cast vicariously as both a victim and villain by the vicissitudes of fate. This vision's no mere veneer vanity is a vestige of vox populi, now vacant, vanished, and it goes well on beyond that. I'm not going to do the entire thing. Yeah. But Vichy Soi is one that I had to look up how to pronounce. So it was a little hard to tell from the, the audio on the on the clip I saw from YouTube. Yes, it's a French soup that's made cold. But if you watched Archie Bunker back in the day, you'd, you know that or all in the family, right? Okay, so what else is going on here with the iPhone and jailbreaking, it looks like? Yeah, um, it's sort of a weird little uh, quirk, I guess, if you've upgraded to the latest 1241, I believe this is no longer the case. But for a very short period of time, Apple had accidentally unpatched a jailbreak patch and oh, in 12.4. Wow. So I highly recommend that folks update to the latest and greatest. You don't want to have people abusing the jailbreaking to install spyware on your uh, on your machine there. I mean, I guess if you're jailbreaking of your own volition, you know, all warnings be towards you. But um, I think ideally you should go to 12.4.1. I, I updated to mine yesterday uh, to 12.4.1 wow. on my stuff. My As usual, sacrifice my, my iPad to the upgrade gods to see what it does as a guinea pig. And then if that looks good, go with my iPhone. Of course, running um, iCloud backups kind of unnecessarily, but just to make me feel better. Yeah. Well, hopefully get those malicious uh, viruses backed up on iCloud as well, right? It's the only way to make sure they'll be resilient, <laughs> proliferate. <laughs> and, and how else are you going to infect all of iCloud, right? The whole backend server. Exactly. Take the whole thing down. So, did you guys hear the, the, the other scuttlebutt? I think it's, uh, what is it, where you're 13? We'll talk about 13.1 in a minute, but maybe. Um, but uh, I think it's Xcode Beta 7. Uh, when, when you install it, it's still says Xcode beta 6, although the build number is correct. Oh, is that Did right? you see that? No. Yeah, I the build number is the correct build for, like, you know, if you look at the release notes, it says it's, you know, Xcode, Xcode 7 or beta 7 with this build number, blah, blah, blah. And the, but the, the, when you install it on your machine, it still says Xcode 6, but the build number is correct, though. Just, I guess they just forgot to, to update the the, uh, the label, right? So, surprise, surprise. So, uh, it again. A mad dash this summer, it seems. I'm sure we'll end up talking about about that later in the so in the have we got anywhere we're going to talk about uh 13.1 uh, did you guys see that yesterday uh ios 13.1 came out and ipad yeah OS even though ios 13 hasn't officially come out the 13.1 exactly well, uh, so officially officially ios 13 is obsolete now right of course right well the beta at least <laughs> yeah the beta i guess yeah. yeah in the nomenclature so do you think well do you think they'll revert back to 13.0 they can't now right when it goes to the live on the street oh i think the rumor that i'd heard was that they'd had decided what was going to truly be in 13.0 because they have to stabilize this somewhere, right? So all of those phones that are manufactured get updated to whatever it is they've decided is the minimum sort of build for iOS 13. Probably removing some of the more problematic things just to stabilize. If I I pretend a feature like um, I don't know, sidecar, right? Let's pretend sidecar uh, being an iPad OS one somehow messes up something in iOS 13 for, for all iOS devices. They might remove that out of the 13 build, get it out there, make sure the phones are out there and then do a fast follow with 13.1 to add functionality that they talked about at WWDC. Oh, okay. And hmm. in a sense, it's not that different from actually the last several years where even if they talked about stuff at WWDC, we didn't necessarily get it in the .0 release come September. They sort of spaced them out to 
the dot one, the dot two, the three, and I think maybe the four. I'd have to look back at the notes. So it kind of becomes like WWDC is kind of a here's the preview for this year sort of promise. And less so, here's what's coming in September. Wow. Yeah, there's been, there's been a few things. I don't know if I told you about, uh, about my challenge last week mixing the podcast. Look, this is another sidebar conversation about Apple's, you know, ability to do things or not. Um, so, of course, as you know, I've got iOS 13, or sorry, I've got Mac OS 13. Is that right? No. What are we on? Uh, Catalina. 15. No, no, right? 15. Catalina. I've got Mac OS Catalina. Let's call it that. Um, but actually, before I was going to go, maybe, maybe they're going to come out with uh, um, iOS Q instead of 13. Maybe. <laughs> no? Just <laughs> <laughs> maybe they should just start using desserts now instead of yeah, uh, maybe instead of deserts good, yeah. like the Mojave. Sure, they can start right over with uh, with the letter A. Um, but uh, so so when I went to when I went to mix the show this weekend, uh, I, I brought my little travel Mac with me because it fits on the airplane better. And I went to open up the the app or open up the my Mac on the plane, and I realized oh I hadn't installed Logic Pro on here yet, right? And so I got uh, I, so when I landed, I went and found a wireless network wireless network and I installed Logic Pro on the machine and. And then I found out that Logic Pro is not compatible with iOS Catalina or Mac OS Catalina. So I can't even run Logic Pro, a product from Apple, on Apple's own software. It's like like it's on their own their own thing. As we know, they're not the same group of people that write the, the, the OS and the and the applications, but it's comical that Logic Pro doesn't run. So I, in order to get the show out last week, I had to I had to use that trick I talked about last week by creating an APFS volume, and then I had to download Mojave installer, install a, parti- a Mojave partition and put logic pro over there and move the files for the show over to that just to do the, the editing right? well so, that is beta yeah. software i mean you're always taking that risk it is true yes that's true but yeah it was a surprise I mean, there's like uh, i looked on the support forums and there's a whole you know bunch of people who are just you know pulling out their hair because they can't do their their day job with uh with this you know for us podcasting is a hobby right so it's not like end of the world if i can't get it edited right anyway um yeah so i guess uh, we'll move on from the jailbreaking on to the next thing oh so this is me uh this is a follow-up i on Apple TV Plus, uh, so a show called Dickinson, which I think is, is based on Emily Dickinson, is uh, is premiering at the Tribeca TV Festival in Sept- on September 14th, ahead of the um, Apple TV Plus service coming up. So I obviously I think there's a couple of reasons why. Obviously, they want to get this uh, these shows out in front of the reviewers. It's not uncommon to have shows you know shown before they actually are published to the to the public for you know review purposes, but also I guess uh, test out the quality. Of the shows and get you know some reaction from people and obviously they want to enter them in into the various film festivals around uh, the, the globe uh, in order to win win accolades right so it's interesting that that uh, this film is coming out I don't know if the article says anything other than what I just said I saw the the trailer and it mm. looks like it's the anachronistic style of storytelling so period period piece roughly but it seems more a little bit loose a little bit fast and loose kind of like um okay i mean this is a more ridiculous example but if if you remember that movie uh, is it abraham lincoln versus the vampires or versus the werewolves i forget what it was roughly roughly kind of sort of biographical and then just goes well off into we just made stuff up here yeah like sense and sense and sensibility and zombies or something like that sense and sensibility and sea monsters that's right or pride and prejudice and zombies right yeah 
something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll fact check that one for next week. Yeah. And I, I, I know uh, from certain uh, fruit enthusiast folks, their heads must have exploded when you said uh, Charles Dickinson, as opposed to Charles oh, Dickens well, I'll for edit that out. I'll a, edit a Christmas that out. Carol and uh, yeah. Oliver Twist, the non-magician David Copperfield. But sometimes you'll hear, yeah, sometimes you'll hear uh, Dickinsonian, which is why uh, you know, when they talk about this, the style of writing or style of work, right? So Dickinson, yeah. mm-hmm. Dickinsonian yeah, right. as in relating to Emily Dickinson as opposed to no, as Dickens, as Dickensian, to, um, Dickens. which is related to Charles Dickens. Dickensian, so yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Dickensian, sorry. Different yeah. spelling. Again, again yeah. lots of heads exploding on this episode. <laughs> sorry, folks. <laughs> Yeah. Hey Siri, when is the next movie on? Oh crap! No, here goes my watch. <laughs> so goes everybody else's. Here are three movies playing at theaters, but they're a bit far from you. I don't have information on movie popularity, though. Thanks, Siri. You're that far out there that it's like, yo, I don't know if you should go to these places. Well, you know what? It's actually, the, the the three movies that's listed are just on the other side of town. Like it's like a five minute drive from here. So I don't know why she said there's no. Mo- I went and saw Good Boys yesterday. By the way, the, the trailer was really good. Movie, not so much. Mm. All right. Oh, save, interesting. Save your See, money, folks. <laughs> Far be it for me to go well off into the more than just code weeds, but Woods, yeah. my um, my cousin yeah. said he he'd laughed at it harder than he'd laughed at anything in years. Really? Wow. Yeah, okay. So, it was it was funny, but the trailer was the the red trailer. You know, the the restricted one was way better than the actual movie itself. Hmm. It kind it kind of yeah. It was it it. I mean, you know, it's it's a coming of age story. I guess it's kind of interesting, but yeah. And there were some funny bits in it, but yeah. I, I don't know if it. Uh, how old? How old was your cousin? About your cousin. <laughs> He's my age, so I'm kind of wondering if I need to see this myself, since I'm not going to proclaim it to be a great movie or even a good movie, but my cousin and I tend to have very similar tastes, so I will probably personally like this movie, even if I can't endorse really? it necessarily for everybody else. Well, it's a bowl of popcorn movie for sure. Um, the uh, my, my review of it is, if I was on an airplane and I started watching this movie, I would change to another movie. <laughs> <laughs> not, even, not even for free while you're stuck in a, a metal tube at you know, no. 35,000 feet. I think if I, if I was in hospital and I was in traction and I couldn't re- reach the remote, I would watch this movie. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't. It, the the trailer it didn't live up to the to the to the trailer. The trailer was had that WTF factor going for it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I first saw the trailer, like we saw the trailer, we weren't expecting it, and we're like, "What the hell is this?" And all of a sudden, it's just like the doors blew off, right? No, the trailer is really good, as I said before. Alrighty. Um. Oh, again, me again, me with the with the link. This one is uh, just a follow up on the Apple Watch and the EKG feature. Uh, apparently, it did in fact save a woman's life because um, she had some some heart troubles going into uh, purchasing a watch. Her husband heard about the EKG feature and got her one of the watches and it turned out that she does have that afibular what is it? Atribular fibrillation? Is that right? I think it's uh, atrial fibrillation but I have to look it up. Atrial fibrillation, yeah. She had she actually had that and it turned out that, uh, yeah, when she went back in she, you know, it ran a couple of times. She found out that this was the case and then she went in and apparently they're claiming the watch saved her life. So good on the Apple folk for doing that. Yeah, I kind of wonder if they'll have any any sort of new sensor, new health sensor for the presumed Apple Watch 5. Already. Um, so you got something here uh, about Apple apologizing for something once for once. Yeah, I, I put this in the follow up because I wasn't sure. I, I could have sworn we'd actually talked about this. But uh, similar to the brouhaha that happened with every voice assistant out there, that it turns out that, whoops, every one of these records, you know, uh, both intentional and unintentional voice recordings. Everybody in the industry, with a caveat that I'm going to bring up here, everybody in the industries, that's Apple, Google, uh, Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon, they all have uh, 
teams of contractors, so non-employees, that review these basically for quality assurance purposes. However, people got very sort of understandably upset that this was, you know, in general, people didn't opt in to these things. It was, uh, and there may not have even necessarily been a way to opt out on, on all of them. I'd have to double check. And in Apple's case in particular, I think sort of rightfully so, they got more um, more heat and punishment for it because they're pretty much the only one who are actively promoting the privacy and um, what does the billboard say? What's on your iPhone stays on your iPhone, uh, which was demonstrably not true in this situation. So they, uh, they paused the grading system for a bit and now they've come out and said, all right, so here are the, the things we're going to do in a future update. It's going to be uh, opt-in to help Siri improve. Uh, they're not going to retain the audio recordings um, anymore. They're going to use uh, computer-generated transcripts to help Siri improve. And only Apple employees will be allowed to listen to audio samples. So they are not going to be using uh, contractors. I think in Apple's case, these were like, I don't know if this article says. Uh, another article I'd read said it was like 300 contractors over in Ireland. So they're without a contract job at the moment, I assume. And that's unfortunate, but it, it, it does kind of make sense that you would, if you were going to do this sort of thing at all, you would want to have it be with um, your own people and not, uh, it, it seems very crass to say, but not mercenaries uh, that contractors, you know, tend to be, right? The loyalty is, is a little bit different. And, and there were people who uh, blew the whistle on this, who who showed uh, various news outlets like, hey, here's the sort of thing that I can I can listen to. And here's the sorts of things that I see on a daily basis. And obviously they're not supposed to do that. They're hugely breaking an NDA of some sort, I would assume. Yes. In course. addition to yeah, people's yeah. privacy. So I wonder if I wonder if there's going to be a bunch of job openings for busybodies at Apple, right? I... You know? <laughs> I don't know because, like, like, I know that they're probably you know the the, the most salacious stuff in the article is like oh like sometimes it's like you know people having sex or people oh, well, committing yeah. crimes of some sort like drug deals and like I'm going to assume that's a very small uh, segment of what what comes up there right but as they state here uh, each of those contractors would be listening to up to a thousand recordings a day and I'm sure most of those are intentional like hey Siri please you know tell me the nearest coffee shop or something. But then there are other times where it just sort of triggers in the background, sometimes because it hears something on the TV, which could be a command or something that somebody slurred that it decided was close enough to a command to trigger. And now you've got this recording in the background there and they think very soon you know, they won't they won't have that and you'll be able to, to opt out. Or I should say you will uh, be able to opt in because it will be opted out by default. Yeah, did we talk, I don't know if we talked about it, uh, about six months ago about Facebook had an issue where uh, it was a contracting company company that was being paid to, to review uh, content on their on their site yep. um, and and there were like people committing suicide things like that that these people were had to watch and decide whether or not it was suitable for Facebook and without any sort of support or you know for their mental health after watching these things did, you, did we talk about that yeah yeah and, and like the worst yeah. things right like murder suicides yeah. uh, child pornography you know that that sort of thing yeah that's I think when you when you had the link it was like some contracting firm in like phoenix arizona i want to say sounds real familiar all right uh yeah so let's move on to uh the main main features of the podcast today what do you got for us jaime yeah, this one is one that I will I will start and then sort of wink and you know nod my head towards Mark's direction to see <laughs> what does this all really mean? Because I read words and the big words are Global Foundries has filed lawsuits against uh, TSMC, that's the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, in the United States and Germany over uh, alleged infringement of some patents. This would have huge ramifications, which include Apple, uh, AMD, NVIDIA, MediaTek, and many others. And this article 
article from, uh, what is this? Tom's Hardware has a whole list of patents that they're English words, but they don't mean anything to my <laughs> my untaught eyes. Like semiconductor? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it sounds like, oh, I'm, I'm guessing the secret sauce that goes into doing semiconductor things, but I can't speak intelligently to those. So I, I leave it to you, Mark. Uh, so I don't think this is that big of a deal. Uh, I mean, certainly, you know, TSMC is is the top foundry in the world and, and Global Foundries is probably the number three, possibly the number two. I, I'm not sure, uh, but probably number three. Uh, and I think this is just standard business. I mean, they do this every once in a while. Part of the reason that, and we've talked about this before, I think, uh, part of the, a big part of the reason why companies have large patent portfolios uh, is not so much that they can go after another company like like is happening here, but more so as protection against against uh, someone coming after them. Uh, so it's kind of a game of bounty hunters, yeah. yeah. Well, or other companies, right? If so, so T- what's probably going to happen here is TSMC will say, okay, yeah, you know, uh, yes, we acknowledge that we unintentionally violated some of your patents, um, but you know what? Look at all these patents we have, Global Foundries, uh, and look how you're violating all of these too. And then they'll say, oh, well, hmm, okay. And then they'll come to some kind of a deal, and and uh, you know whoever was more blatant will end up paying the other guy some money or something like that, and, and it'll all go away. Uh, they're certainly not going to prevent Apple from shipping parts, shipping products. Right. That's just it, it'll just never get that far because it would be crazy for Global Foundries to do that. Because if if Global Foundries ever caused Apple to have that kind of a loss, their business would suffer greatly because they well they'd never do any business with Apple ever, and other companies that would be afraid of of uh, the same kind of thing happening to them will probably never do business with global foundries either so so it's it's not it's a th- it's all a threat in my opinion it's all a threat to uh, just uh, try to get some kind of leverage or something but it it will not come down to anything real happening in terms of that stuff uh, now you were asking about how I many you were asking about the technical content of the patents is that right because some of them sound rather uh, like wow that just seems like a thing that would just already exist like uh, semiconductor device with transistor local interconnects. Well, that just sounds like y- yes. something that would just normally be there. Yes, in fact, every that that is such a generic term that it means nothing. Uh, so every semiconductor has transistor local interconnects. So what? But the, the weird thing about patents is they're always written by lawyers, right? Who don't who don't know anything about technology. So they always write some very generic, broad topic because they're also trying to cover as much as they possibly can, uh, and you know. Because if if the more that the patent covers, the more is protected, and the more and the better the patent is. So so the vaguer they make it, the more it will potentially cover. So they kind of at this point, you know, if somebody if somebody were going to cover transistor local or, or patent transistor local interconnects, they would have had to have done it about fifty years ago, and probably someone did. Uh, but there's probably been a thousand patents since then on some tiny little tweak on on a, on local interconnects, and that's what these patents are. Because I mean, if you look at that there's two, the first two in the list, or the second and third in the list have exactly the same title, right? right and, yeah. and it's very similar mm-hmm. people. So it's it's uh, probably very, a very, very small tweak uh, on some of the things. I'm, I'm wondering if I know any of these people. I'm looking at the names. No, I don't know the names off. 
offhand. But um, mm-hmm. so introduction of metal impurity to change work function of conduct- conductive electrodes. Well, you know, everybody does that <laughs> in some sort. So, yeah. So it's, a, but, but the details of the one particular thing they're talking about is, is what they're patenting. It's not, it's not the very broad topic. They can't, they can't protect the very broad topic. Yeah. I was kind of wondering about that because one of these is uh, bits, the very first one, bit cell with double patterned male, metal layer structures. And I thought, right. well, but if it was triple or quadruple or granted, I say this without an understanding what the pattern is, I assume it has to do with the um, like PCB layouts or something, or maybe circuit um, layouts, but it's, it's unclear. To me. No, what, what it means is they're patenting a particular bit cell with double patterned metal layer structures, which is different than all the other bit cells with double patterned metal, metal layer structures. But this is just the way that the lawyers phrase the title. Kind of silly. Right. So you can't lay claim to uh, bit cell with uh, N patterned metal layer structures to cover everybody going forward? Well, they try regardless to. Regardless of how many patterns? But, I mean, they try to do stuff like that. But it, like I said, they try to make it as, as vague and as broad as possible. So you think this is ending up going to end up being like um, the Apple and Qualcomm fight of not too long ago? Oh, it'll it'll be less than that, I think. Much much less than that. Not a showstopper. Nope. All right. Nope. Normal, normal cost of business, it sounds like. Yeah. All right. Well, that clears the way for the new Apple phone, iPhone 11 Pro, which apparently is a, a name that I hadn't heard until today. I was watching Vector earlier. So this is a link to uh, uh, Vector's uh, review. Uh, Renny Ritchie says, everyone is wrong about the iPhone 11 Pro. Um, and he, he breaks it down into a couple of things. He talks about, he breaks this, the story down into two sections. One is actually about the phone hardware, and the second is about the marketing for the market. Um, and in the first part, he, it's interesting. It's a couple of interesting things he talks about is that, that um, iPhone ha- or the, uh, Apple has sort of done, uh, built phones in f- sort of four-year cycles. You know, the original iPhone all the way up to the 3G, 3GS was one style of phone. And then the, the four or five uh, phones, the 4S and the 5S, that was another four-year cycle where the, the style of phone and construction and hardware and features was very similar. Then the iPhone 6, and which included the 7s and the 8 and their and their Plus variants, um, they became another style. That was another four-year cycle. And then, then last year was, or two years ago, was all about the iPhone 10. And um, so we're still we're still in that. If you if you use that theory, we're still in the end. We're at the end of the four-year cycle. Or is it close four, to it, right? four so year or three year? Four year. Because yeah. if you, just from what you just said, so if you took the first iPhone, then there was the three G and the three GS. Well, the three G, three G. That was yeah. three years, right? Then there okay. was the four, the five, and the five S. Yeah, but you'll have to watch his video. He, he I do remember specifically. He said four year cycle. Okay. Because um, anyway, remember after the five S, the, the six, the seven, and the eight. Well, they kind of kind of groups them together. It yeah. kind of groups the phones together in terms of the style okay. of the, of the yeah. phone and the chipset and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, when he gets into the marketing part, he talks about how Apple kind of made a mistake on the on the pricing of things. Mm-hmm. But but it's interesting because he talks about the uh, the the four the sort of the three camera phone that's coming out and and the, the supposed way that it's you know it's going to be in a triangle formula formation um, and how it's going to add more uh, to the to their capabilities in terms of doing turning uh, taking photos. And that other companies like uh, um, I think it was uh, Samsung and uh, because an N I think Nokia. I can't remember the name of it. Nokia, not Nokia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, somebody else that has a, an Android style phone that uh, oh. manufactured because of an N. But uh, and how they're they're putting their 
in in uh, single lines. Oh, there's one. There's one where, where it's almost like a like a daisy, like a, a circular. I think that might have been Nokia with a circular uh, array of of cameras, right? So um, and sort of, sort of defending that the, the position of that, but and also about his idea that that and I don't know if it's his idea, but all the rumors. I hadn't heard this one before, but the fact that it's going to have the pro nomenclature because you know we've got the uh, you know the MacBook, MacBook Air, and the Mac. Pro. Then we've got the iPad, the iPad Air, and now the iPad Pro, right? Um, so that's where he's uh, not he, but that's where the theory of the of the Pro name is coming from. So, so what's a, what's a Pro user of a phone? Is that like an Instagram influencer or something like that? Or, or oh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could, yeah, it could it could be something to do. With, well, it could be something to do with with the with the this fashion, fancy camera, right? Because it's more about shooting and that kind of yeah. stuff, and it could be more creative stuff happening on the phones. Who knows? But I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm just reporting back. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that so when he talked about the market, he talked about how you know last year Apple made a mistake because they've always sort of done. We talked about this before the small, medium, and large sort of popcorn theory where they have uh, like let's take the you know the iPhones uh, six and seven, six S and sevens and seven plus. They had you know they had the, the the standard phone which would be like the six, and then they had the six S you know the extra uh, phone, but then they also had a, a lower price model right um, because they were carrying forward the, the last year iteration of the phone um and not not counting the uh the um what's the one that's uh the small phone that they discontinued last the year SE? The S something SE. SE yeah that's it yeah um so he said that last year they, they they kind of flubbed when they because the standard phone they didn't make the they always make the standard phone and then they make a little bit everything a little bit better in the, the more exclusive one but last year they made the iPhone uh, 10s the sort of standard at a thousand dollars right and that kind of pushed the market up and then if you wanted to compromise you could go down to the iPhone NR. So in the in the previous iterations, um, the most popular phone was was the phone in the middle, and people didn't feel like they were compromising and going to a cheaper, a less expensive phone, or if they were, they felt like they were getting more if they went to the the, the larger size phone, right? Um, they were getting like in the case of seven, uh, the seven series, they were getting a better camera in the seven plus, right? Um, but last year, and it turned out that uh, it kind of backfired on Apple because you know the market being saturated and everything like that, people actually chose to go with the iPhone. 10R, like it became the most popular phone, right? Um, even though it was, you know, technically looks the same, but it's got like, a, you know, it's got the it's got the LED screen as opposed to OLED screen, um, doesn't have the fancy camera f- uh, features. It has some of them, right? I think it shares chipsets like the 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 A A12 chip, I believe, mm-hmm. right? The newer processor chips. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I literally watched the movie like a, an hour before I started recording. So that's, that's kind of what I picked up from, from his piece. It's a really interesting piece on, on why he thinks that you know everybody's going to come out and they're going to they're going to they're going to dump on the, the new phone saying it's not worth upgrading from the iPhone 10s and and maybe it's not but uh, you know because it would have been if if the iPhone 10R was or the style of phone that the 10R is was the standard phone and everything else would like a premium um, right but what about all those people who last year said it wasn't worth upgrading from the 10 to the to the 10s or the 10R and, yeah, and all those exactly. people had well, their phone the for two years so now it's time to upgrade to the 10s or the 11 possibly Eleven Pro, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, like they they felt that they were compromising by going to the 10R, which even which even though it's still technically in some cases a better phone, right? So, um, yeah, he was sort of saying that people want people want. He had a way of saying it, which is interesting. Um, it's kind of like you know you were getting you. They want to get more. They want to get more for more, not less for less. I mean, I guess I, I, I can't can't repeat what he said, but it, he had an interesting way of saying it. I think for you me, have to watch the video. It's it's about positioning, right? So 
you would want a a positive thing of like this is the primary thing and you can get better right the yeah. the, the more expensive thing is better instead last year it was sort of positioned as this is the thing you should get and this is the thing that's worse mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're broke and don't have money you can get this thing that's worse and it's it, i think it's really just a which angle are you positioning it from and i think they seem to have positioned the iphone 10r as an inferior choice rather than mm-hmm. this is the basic choice but the better choice is the 10s or the 10s max and i think it, as silly as like a pro name sounds like it, it, it totally works for like macbook right you have air and pro or you know regular macbook and pro and you, you can kind of say yeah you know my needs are are, are not that not that much so i'll get the regular but if i really want to go all out or have very specific needs i'll get the pro other than the uh, instagram influencer that mark mentions here i can't imagine a whole lot of what a pro phone would would really mean but at the very least it's sensible from a here's the basic model and then if you want the you know the full meal deal you get this better phone the pro phone so it, it kind of makes sense from that perspective even if the name is a little a little silly right so i just pasted in the uh the written our version of this part of the audio you can scan through that yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna read out what he said here last year though with the thousand dollar iphone 10s poised to become the new normal apple tried undercutting it again this time with just as colorful but differently compromised iphone 10r okay and, and i see what he's saying so the first set was three years but then it but then they moved to a four year after that that's what he was saying okay yeah yeah i forgot there was a 4s how funny that was uh that was my first iphone and i remember getting into the whole controversy stuff or, or, or getting uh, uh sort of baptized in, in apple controversy because everybody was expecting it to be the iPhone 5, mm. right? And 4S was like, wait, what? What do you mean it's yeah. not the 5? But which, they did which that led the 3GS to, year, two years before. I was fairly new to the, yeah. the Apple oh, community, okay, so I yeah. didn't really have a, a clue like why everybody was so, was so concerned about certain it. Yeah. that it had to be the 5. And then it just set up for another year where the iPhone 5 was like, oh my god, it's not the fifth phone. How could it be the iPhone yeah. 5? <laughs> yeah, by the way, I found, I found the, the part I was talking about here where, where I got his expression incorrectly, but he was saying that people feel people like to feel that things fit their budget not that they're fitting in the budget things right um that they're getting stuff for less not that they're getting less stuff yeah. right he said that it's a nuance that matters right like getting an iphone a note 10 feels better than getting a note 10e but not yeah. a the 10 whatever their, their their plus is right yeah right so Jaime, so the controversy i think was now that i think back was the first one was just the iphone the second one was the 3g so what but that wasn't the third one it was that was the second one so the next year they had the 3GS and people were thinking, oh, that's just a, a temporary thing to get the numbers in line with the model of the phone. So the next one was the four. That was actually the fourth one. So it would have made sense if they had chosen to go in that direction to have the next year's one be five because it was the fifth one. But they went the other way and made it the 4S. Yeah. So last year we were, we were in an S year again because of the 10S, right? Yes. Last year was was, a, was an S year. Yeah. It can definitely cause some nuttiness. I think we've, we've mentioned on the show before that uh, the Xbox line of gaming consoles, <laughs> the numbering makes no sense and it's purely so they could get their number to line up with yeah. sony's right so their oh, xbox really? was competing against the playstation 2 the playstation 3 came out they said well we can't be xbox 2 because people are going to think it's not as good as, as that one so right. let's call right. it three 
360. Yeah, 360. How about that? Xbox yeah. 360. And then they made it more confusing with making the successor Xbox One, which makes no sense because it confuses you as to like, do you mean the first Xbox or do you mean this new one? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and it coming back to what we'd said earlier about Android 10 or Android X, I'm surprised that it's not Android 13, just skipping numbers as long as they're going numbers anyways to try to make it seem like it's the equivalent of iOS yeah. 13. So, so one question is, assuming that the next phone is the iPhone 11, uh, will it be written mm-hmm. as the numeral 11 or will it be written as XI? Mm. And, like Super Bowl style? Yeah. Well, continuing after the you know, the Roman numeral for 10, which is an X. And if they do that, they could also call will, it. They, will people call it the iPhone XI or will they call it the 11 finally? Right, right. People still call it the X, by the way. I know they did. That's um, Why not Why not just call it the iPhone Q? Again, right. again you know, there's a letter freely available to everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. And it won't confuse people yeah. at all, except for our QA people. I Whatever ends up coming with this, I do think that if it was me, like even if they're going to do this name thing, the, the thing that's really going to help people feel better about this phone, uh, I mean, yes, you presumably will be able to tell it apart from an iPhone 10 or 10s because of the larger camera. square camera thing on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's good enough, right? If you if you want to tap into the will people feel this is worth upgrading to, as silly as it sounds, fashion is a huge reason. So just like they suffered with the uh, iPhone 6, 6s, and seven, where it's like this is basically the same phone in three different generations, um, and, and the eight really yeah. would fall into that too. Except it gets lost in the shuffle because the iPhone ten came out the same year, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, yeah. As silly as it sounds, literally just coming up with a different color, introducing a new color, even if it's only on the Pro. It's like, guess what? You want purple? It's the iPhone eleven Pro. Get that one. <laughs> and people be like, oh my gosh, this is such amazing thing. The, the Verge and all these other ones be like, oh, it's so innovative. I'm like, no, it's not. It's the same thing you would be crushing if it didn't come in a new color right, but, right. but you, you go do you but like just throw these you know uh meaningless differences to the masses and it, it covers up sometimes I, I think it's a valid strategy that they should use uh-huh. mm-hmm. i think look how many people got excited about the rose gold when that was a brand new color right right well yeah and also there's another feature that are rumored i don't know if you guys heard about this but the, the reverse inductive charging so you can charge your airpods on the back mm-hmm. of the phone that's right. Mark, what, um, what was I going to say? Aren't they talking about some frosted color schemes or something like that? I hadn't heard of that, but would that match up with the titanium and ceramic? Maybe it would. Sort of coloring? Oh, maybe the titanium <laughs> phone. Oh, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. titanium yeah. phone. Maybe, maybe it'll like have a retro look like the old titanium Max, mm-hmm. right? And fit in with your titanium Apple card. Yeah. Also shouldn't put it in, in, a, in a leather wallet. or <laughs> denim. <laughs> maybe you'll have a little titanium pouch for your titanium yeah. card on the back, right? And your, and your pre- Presto pouch. Bar- your bus pass. So actually, what might be an interesting product is to make it a iPhone case that has a little slot for your Apple Card. Yeah, well, this is this is the thing. The, 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 we have like it, here we have a transit card that you, you swipe to get on and off the, the transit system, mm-hmm. right? And people have a little pouch that they glue on the back of their case mm-hmm. so they can slap it around, mm-hmm. right? But can you imagine if they came up with this device that you could put on your desk and you could put your phone and your earbuds down on it and you could charge your devices with it? Yeah, but you know, apparently that would be that would be really technical. Tech- technologically a challenge so you know it's impossible <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. that's true you know if apple was to do a um a wallet case like like the kind that tim is talking about i think mm-hmm. it would probably have some sort of cantilevering mechanism
mechanism inside so it doesn't just you know slide out the card it's sort of like you know magic tricks it chink, just has it just like pop right out for you to reach you know what i mean like like when you eject a cd from a, a cd player in the mm. card slot mm. if you can imagine what that's like or when you get um i don't know if you're going like at the subway or something and the little card ticket sort of slides up the other side you, or you just swipe your finger on the back of the, the case and it slides out you know using a gesture recognizer <laughs> that would that would be interesting <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what they'll do with all those 3d touch panels they'll just put them on the back yeah just repurpose them all all right all right i guess we're at, a, at the pick section of our show if we're done beating up the iphone <laughs> yeah. we're coming right up to september 10th aren't we it's coming soon yeah it's coming soon yeah coming soon to a video a youtube video near you um yeah so i just uh, have a couple quick picks here for my pick uh one is uh something i've been kind of interesting with interested in and i started playing around with it uh, a few times on my on my uh devices is this new voice control because because i've got ios 13 installed on my on my iphone i can actually uh turn on voice control i have I'm, i have it on the accessibility uh, menu so i can i can triple click my uh my uh, side button and uh invoke a menu that i can select it and then i can speak to my phone about you know show the grid and i can say you know you know click on tap on grid three and, and do that all that kind of stuff but um what christina uh, io here has uh or christina fox uh, has a um an article here about um adopting um voice control uh, in your apps i think right so she talk, goes through here how to turn things on and stuff like that but how to use accessibility labels essentially you get it out of the box for free uh, if you properly use accessibility labels in your in your app you can uh, you can have people speak uh, commands to your app but uh, she also gives a tip here on shortening the names that come uh, by default uh, to something more reasonable in terms of like uh, you know uh, like she's got an example here like a, like a transaction list uh, of purchases from stores and things like that and shortening the name down to the point where you could say you know something like Starbucks or Nordstrom and, or profile and select and uh, and have it uh, iter- um, invoke that command um, interesting article quick little read doesn't take long to read through it um, but yeah I stumbled across that on Twitter the other day and, and which had a little animated gif of, of uh, using the voice control stuff and I thought it was pretty cool so people could have a look at the, this thing and I think in iOS 13 there's a new thing called uh, accessibility user input labels which is designed specifically for this okay I see so I was not getting it at first as I was confusing yeah. voiceover and voice yeah. control so uh, oh yeah voiceover is is the older thing where um, presumably if you're uh, visually impaired you can have it you know, use that to navigate so it reads out what are the elements and you're still you know tapping or sliding and doing other gestures to, to select and, and actually manipulate elements it looks like that was what they had for their app but when you use voice control which is the one where you're you're looking so not visually impaired you're looking uh, i guess tactically impaired you can see the phone but you're not necessarily able to maneuver your hands um, very well the unfortunate thing is the very wordy like transaction the home depot of negative 39 dollars 89 cents from might be good for a voice over user in terms of being descriptive because they can't see it but for somebody who wants to use a voice control they can't activate that thing unless they literally say transaction the home depot of negative 39.89 dollars from so this is an alternative that can ever just say starbucks or nordstrom and then since the person can see oh starbucks the 
second one, number two, and it shows little little numbers. I see. Okay, that's that's actually pretty cool. I I completely misunderstood what this was about when I saw the title. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I actually have a relative who who uh, is going to be in a position where she's not going to be able to um, you know physically touch the phone in, in a number of years um, or her phone, her Mac for that matter, and to be able to say to the screen like basically you say show grid and what it does is it puts a grid on your screen of like nine or twelve boxes and then you can tell it to focus in or zoom in on on you know grid number three kind of like in in uh, blade runner where where he's he's uh, scanning the photo and he's telling the computer to zoom in and zoom out on the picture um it's sim- that same so- same sort of idea they did demonstrate this at wwdc where you can you can basically say you know uh you can basically get to the point where you're 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 looking or you've you've got your screen focused on a button and you can say tap the button and you know that kind of thing so um it's it's actually quite cool i've, I've like i said i've played with it a few times when i just you know um needed to do that you know even if you're in working in an environment where you like maybe you're a mechanic and your hands are all covered with oil and you can't you know you can't flip the page on your your ipad as you're looking at the the manual to fix the car or whatever right so you could use voice in that kind of situation or for well. cookbooks where you don't want if you're cooking you don't want to touch the exactly exactly yeah touch yeah. The phone. Yeah. yeah yeah or unless you're like a blade runner and you're examining a photo and you want to zoom in on a particular area mm-hmm. right so, yeah nice that's kind of a kind of a cool tool uh, my next pick here is again from our friends over at ns hipster uh just a, a, a piece about the identifiable protocol which has been added uh, recently and it's similar to um oh interesting there i set my uh, my mac here by the way to automatically switch to dark mode at night um and it's at the uh, ns hipster website obviously has uh, got recognizers in it to know that i'm running dark mode which is cool anyway um yeah so swift 5.1 added identifiable protocol similar to um it's similar to equatable in a sense but it's more about you know when you want to have uh, a, an element or a property that you can you can refer to by say an id for instance right um it's a way of building in that kind of uh, logic into your thing it's currently I, I i don't know if it has a whole lot of functionality with it right now because he says in the article here like why bother uh, conforming it to identifiable but um i'm sure greg would be able to tell me exactly why it was uh, important but because he loves to play around in the standard library and figure all this stuff out um but he's not here so i have to rely on you guys but <laughs> um yeah it's just an interesting interesting read here on on uh, again identifiable hashable yeah it's it, it's a useful thing uh, again it's 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 something that's it's really added as kind of just a convenience thing because you could always do it yourself i mean you could always just assign some unique property to every object and use that as the identifier for the object in fact people do that all the time uh especially with stuff like you know when, when you're accessing a database uh you always have like a primary key which is the identifier uh and mm-hmm. and that is independent from the content that's held by that thing and so that's kind right. of one of his main points is that identif- identifiability is different than equality because often or sometimes it is sometimes it isn't that's kind of another of his points is sometimes you want to know whether for all intents and purposes does this object is it is this object equal to this other object and by ad- for all intents and purposes i mean do they have all the same values so they could be they could be in theory they could be swapped one for the other uh and 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 you'd be fine but sometimes you don't want that sometimes you want the object to have a unique identity unique existence uh and maybe that's because the some of the properties might be changing over time like in his example of the of the location of the package uh but you still want to know about that particular object and so so checking if so two objects in that case two packages let's say so two two packages they each contain a uh a brand spanking new uh, Apple Card, titanium Apple Card. Uh, well, they look exactly identical. They weigh the same. They're the same color pa- 
package, all the properties, forgetting for the moment about the name printed on the card inside, but nothing somewhere with that. But for all intents and purposes, they, they would if, if they, they would be equatable, they would they would be equal because all of their properties are the same, but they are actually different because one belongs to Jaime and one belongs to me. So you'd have that unique identifier that uh, that, was, that prevents that. Yeah, that's a good example because I, I know that for a fact that when, 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 when Macs ship from China, for instance, they don't ship, like they don't put your Mac on a plane and fly it over here. They put your your Mac onto, or the Mac you ordered onto a skid with 20 or 30 other Macs right. uh, with a whole bunch of skids, which get put, all of them get put onto a plane and, and sent over to Texas or whatever. And then they're split out and then they go on their various routes until finally they end up for me in Mississauga where the you know, courier picks it up and puts it on his truck and brings it to my house. But, you know, for a while there, it's, it's one of many identical, uh, you know, like as you said, uh, equatable um, objects that are that exist in this one one delivery, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's it's another handy little uh, handy little convenience, like I said, to have uh, something for people to consider. I I like the fact that um, identifiable identifiable gives you the semantics of what's happening here. So a a common programming problem you end up with in where you have like object references is what am I comparing here? Am I comparing that you know because the equals or equal equals you know it, it an equals sign right? equality just means like they have the same value it doesn't mean that they're necessarily the same thing right five absolutely is not the same as two plus three it's equal but i mean even in a silly example one one is just a singular number and one is uh you know two numbers added together in, in programming i've definitely been bitten by like okay what are we looking for here are we looking for do these things have equal values regardless of them being you know completely separate things or are we looking to check to see is this the same thing so like is this the same object reference is uh, a really sort of subtle and important bug to be aware of and I, I like the fact that identifiable tries to tease that apart a little bit and say i'm actually trying to see if this is the same literal thing not does this have the same values that uh, equatable gives you it, it it sounds weird but i think if you think about it, at least for me it makes it easier to think of it in the mathematics form to see you know what are we talking about when we say this um makes it a little bit easier to tease apart the different Cool. All right. So you have a pick, uh, honey? I do. It's a Twitter storm, a tweet storm from uh, Sean Heber, who uh, creates Twitter- Twitterific. And it's all about him trying to chase down these uh, sporadic or seemingly sporadic core data crash reports. And it's a, it's a pretty good little read. And it, it turns out that he said, huh, I found this weird determination reason. Um, let me go Google what this is. Because normally he thought, oh, well, you know, if, if it's crashing in core data, like you're not going to get a termination reason, which is that's just not what you're going to get, right? It's like obviously the reason was it crashed. There's there's no sort of reason stated there, but he found some that you know, did have reasons, and he said, "Oh, what is this?" And after chasing things down on the interwebs, he realized that what was happening was that his app was getting closed while it was doing some sort of work. In this case, uh, a network download and then trying to process things into core data, and it just ran out of time to finish what it. Was was doing and iOS, you know, just full on killed his app, and it, it appeared as if it was going wrong in core data. And as it turns out, it was actually his incorrectly placed task markers. So the background task was being marked as done before it was actually truly done. Um, and so he spent some time uh, reworking this. And he, I think sort of the nail on the head is this very final tweet that says, "So there you have it, another exciting tale of me doing things wrong for years. Remember, kids, <laughs> I'm a professional." 
Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I feel I feel a little better running into some of my bugs that have been living out there if uh, somebody for such a well-known and well-loved app like Twitterific can also have very similar, very human kind of problems. So I guess that's it for another week. Jaime, if people want to get in touch with you, how will they do that? I'm on Twitter as at Dev with the Hair. All right, Mark, if people want to get in touch with you. Mark R at Snapsoft.com. Right. As I say every week, my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A. And on the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. And so until next time, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. Bye. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. funny i had a i was also wrestling with xcode this week too once i got this machine going um i, I don't know what it was but uh i couldn't get uh, for some reason like i i wasn't the first account created on this machine it's actually uh, carol's right but so i'm my account is a second account and um for some reason when i was trying to run xcode on it uh i couldn't do a build for for a while and, and it turned out that i didn't have permission to get it to write to the derived data folder because even though it was my account and it had been restored from a backup um, the permissions on the account were that it was owned by by Carol's account. Mm. So I had to go in and dig in and and uh, and find that. And then um, actually, I, I, I made a post on my website. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Jaime. I did not. So let me get. So I, I figured I figured that out. Got the derived data thing figured out. And then I ran into the next problem. I ran into. Let me just fold. Then I couldn't get the simulators. I couldn't. I couldn't even launch a simulator. So I just tried. Okay, let me try launching the simulator. Maybe it's trying to find the wrong one or something like that. Like I've been running uh, Xcode uh, 11 beta on here for a while, right? Um, but this is running Xcode 10 one. And so I had to. I found it that I had to. I didn't own the uh, the devi- devices folder inside of the you know the core simulator uh, directory. So I had to change that. The error I was getting there was that temp couldn't be removed because you don't have permission to access it, right? The TMP folder. Um, I guess every time it does a build to the same simulator it it you know empties out the temporary directories and all that kind of stuff right but it, but because they were owned by carol's user it wouldn't let that happen but the ultimate one that, that really got me was this command compile asset catalog failed with a non-zero exit code mm. which is a really cool one but um and you know googling around i found that you know other people had had this 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 situation but nobody had a real uh good solution for it and it turned out the same to be the same thing it was uh, again i didn't have the the um 
um, Xcode directory inside of my li- you know library slash developer slash Xcode. I didn't own that either, right? So I had to had to change the permissions on that one. And then once I did that, it, I was able to build and run. But so I've got I've got to the point where I actually can can do a build. But it was very strange because like you know you're you're opening up an existing project that runs on an, on another machine. You know you've pulled it down from GitHub, you've updated all your CocoaPods, and you, it should just work, right? And uh, yeah, to have all this this weirdness happen all of a sudden, which is uh, just kind of weird, right? So and I'm running I'm running still running an Xcode Xcode. Uh, uh, so I I don't know. I mean I would have thought when you when you bring Xcode over and it does its install thing, it would set up the directories correctly, right? But uh, for some reason they were owned by the wrong user. So weird, eh? Yeah, that is something a little weirdly unexpected, and I wonder if it'll be easier or worse with the newer sorts of setups that they're going with of yeah this region is for the system and it's not touchable and this area is for users and that's you know do whatever well, yeah you that want. could be that could be part of it too because like again this is mach- this machine is running i'm running um catalina on this machine and you're right i have the the, the uh, read-only directory for a read-only partition for the os and then i have the other partition for, for the software and maybe 10 xcode 10 even 10 to 1 isn't quite compatible with with uh with the machine because because the problem i was talking about earlier with the logic pro um is also was also permission based i didn't have i didn't have permission to, to even open a file let's say right um and yeah and, and there was no it's, and because i couldn't open a file i couldn't even open next uh, like logic pro wouldn't even fully launch right so yeah similar some kind of, and another problem i'm having too is and and apparently it's a bug in in xcode 10 that hasn't been fixed yet and it's that every every once in a while i'll, I'll work for a while and then i'll go to do a commit and i'll i want to do you know you know when you bring up the commit in xcode and it shows you the comparison between the old version and the new version so you can see what you changed uh, it won't load the the right hand side to show you what the old version looked like and it says you know that um, something like the helper application isn't available and the only solution for me there is to quit xcode and relaunch it and once i do that then it then i can i can do the mm. commit it's very strange so i've been using source tree to commit stuff as well but uh, you guys haven't run across any weirdness like that with xcode right well i had a different weird thing with xcode today on two different machines uh mm-hmm. both running xcode 10 uh all of a sudden at the same time within minutes of each other they they wouldn't recognize a phone plugged in yeah oh, really and you, you know you'd plug in unplug and you'd get the beep and but xcode would say no no phones yeah. plugged in if you opened itunes it would recognize it there but just not in xcode yeah. and in both cases just yeah. quitting xcode and relaunching it fixed it but it was weird that this happened on two machines at exactly the same time and, yeah so two different users two different phones yep. kind of thing yeah yep. wow yeah. yeah well i do know that with with phones um they do call apple like they do contact yeah. apple so maybe there's some sort of weirdness going yeah, on yeah but I, i've i've had a lot of problems with with um like i've been trying to use that new uh, over the network thing when i build to my mm-hmm. devices mm-hmm. and off, very often i find i have to plug the phone in and then trust it for some reason it's always wanting to trust i don't <laughs> that's part it gets me is I, I all this sort of you know two-factor authentication and, and trusting here and trust this device don't trust that device it doesn't matter how many times i hit trust on a device it doesn't really trust it you know mm. like it, the next yeah. time, next time i go to plug it in or it whatever thinks you're not a very trustworthy guy tim <laughs> i guess and it's all these, all this you know weird canadian stuff we're yeah, doing right yeah. all this you know questionable uh practice right so yeah, yeah i don't know yeah. just trials and tribulations right so yeah and that i've never i've never actually been foolish enough to put beta on my phone but yeah i'm, I'm totally regretting it on this this one yeah the sad part about it is like i you know i've always read that you've been able to go back like i, I should have been able to wipe my phone and go back to um ios 12 but yeah i can't every time i wipe every time i wipe one of the, one of the devices i've upgraded it wants to stick with uh with the ios 13 or catalina and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff right mm-hmm. so yeah so fortunately i had a spare usb stick here with me so i could 
I could make an installer for because I, once I downloaded um, Mojave earlier, I was talking about earlier, um, I couldn't run it because it's not compatible with Catalina, right? Um, so even though I was going to install it on a, on a new partition that I'd made, right? Um, yeah, I couldn't couldn't run the app, so I, I made a USB bootable USB from the installer and then was able to boot from the USB and then stick it onto the new partition. Right? So lots of lots of challenges. Yeah, it's amazing that I'm still dealing with Unix kind of problems on on Mac after all these many years, right? <laughs> oh, it is a Unix machine underneath is, the covers, sure. still at the bases. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. so what else is happening with you guys? So I saw Government Mule last night. Government, government Mule, it's a band. band. You don't know Government Mule too? Yeah. No, I don't know. The oh, government. oh, yeah, they're uh, uh, kind of a spinoff from the Almond Brothers, in sense. Oh, yeah. Really? okay. Yeah, it's Warren Haynes who is the guitarist, uh, sort of in the last last phase of Almond Brothers before they finally acted in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's yeah, it's really good. I mean, he's you know he's a, an amazing guitarist, uh, and they do a pretty wide variety of stuff. I mean, it's basically Southern blues style, but but there's yeah. a lot of jazz and a lot of um, just other influences all mixed in. Um, the mm-hmm. bass player, you know, often sounds like a heavy metal bass player with with the guitarist playing the Southern blues over it. It's a it, but it works. It, it works really well, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. good. I recommend seeing them. Take them around. Interesting. I'm gonna go see the Who on uh, Tuesday mm-hmm. coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the concert that got canceled because the Raptors went on their play uh, of okay. care, right? Okay. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the. I, I actually, I actually had two tickets, and and then uh, my son was going to go with me. Jonathan's on his his uh, bucket list too, but uh, yeah, he's uh, got he can't get away. Mm. So um, I sold my ticket and bought a better ticket. Nice. <laughs> sold the two pair, the pair oh, yeah. I had, and bought yep. a better one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So I get the get the who off my bucket list, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I'm not too thrilled about the fact that they bring in an orchestra with them. I find that whenever bands bring orchestras with them, it kind of dulls down the show. I don't know. I guess they they need to do it to be keep fresh and things like that. Yeah, I guess. I find that like you know whenever you have a local unionized uh, orchestras, they the shows get shorter. You know, because they, they have to put the mm. cellos to bed at a certain time. Mm. I guess, yeah. and maybe they get paid by the hour. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it is, but uh, like we have all the. I, you probably have the same thing in the states. Like you know, concerts have to end by eleven, otherwise the band has to pay like a zillion dollars. Yeah, extra. depends on the venue. Well, then you also hear about people like Bruce Springsteen who'll just play for like forever and just pay pay whatever they want, right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah so that's that's interesting. Get them off the bucket list. I'm trying to think of who I went and saw recently. What did I do the other day that was uh, hmm, can't remember something something happened. Well, I jumped on a plane and flew to New Brunswick. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Well, this this week's adventure for me is going to the UK actually tomorrow morning. So I need oh, a, yeah. need to oh, go pack. Right, cool. But uh, yeah, so I'll be out on what is this the fourth next week. So we're going to miss you next week. Yeah, because they're well, they're like eight hours. From, oh, right. yeah, yeah. from Pacific, so they're like five hours from Eastern, so I'm not sure. It would have to be like really late for me, I think. I don't think it's, I don't think it would be early for me. But yeah, it's, it's the it's the university's um, Wi-Fi, which uh, I guess it was okay. It was okay over at um, University of Chester, but I don't know about this uh, Aberystwyth University. So I don't know. Universities usually have good good Wi-Fi, I think. Yeah, I, I think I think I looked out the last time because there were no students around because it was some sort of break for them. I don't know if this is during like right before they start, maybe. Um, yeah, I think I think universities start a week after schools, right? So like like primary yeah. schools, you mean when you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think aren't your schools going? back to school like aren't primaries going back to school after, after uh, labor day typically labor yeah. Day? Yeah. Yeah. yeah i think so i think so yeah i don't know i'm, I'm not a kid and i don't have kids so <laughs> yeah well <laughs> these seasons yeah, come yeah, and go i'm like are, oh <laughs> remember when i used to know are, but i think that uh, i think that they um uh, i think universities always have to start a week later uh, as i recall so mm-hmm. interesting 
or hello have you heard about the biggest mobile conference in russia mobius oh mobius mobius, mobius. yes 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 mobius comp right uh i would like you to invite you to submit a talk will be on 7 8th of december in moscow some of your country if someone in your country company is interested travel and accommodation are included a big city tour for speakers dinner beforehand i'd be happy to answer any questions you may have thanks i mean technically more than just code is published by it guy technology so right it fall you fall under that umbrella <laughs> i mean let's see and mark you know i mean why I, I assume it was looking for mtjc and not uh, one of us in particular i didn't hear my name called out there well no because i i, I was for a while there i was i republishing the podcast under it guy technology I that's how they would, f- would have found it associated us don't don't discredit yourself right? <laughs> uh what are we looking at their You're topics busy that day? <laughs> yeah, looking at their topics to see uh yeah, declarative ui i suppose you just be one of the, the folks talking about swift ui plenty of time there it's not until yep i'm looking at their website december 7th to 8th the renaissance moscow monarch center it's mobius comp cfp right mobiusconf.com and en slash en slash cfp or if you go to the the main mobiusconf.com slash en yeah i got i got hello you'll get the, you? the link we're interested in talks on a related topic oh apparently they have a gdpr warning i keep wondering if i should have those on my site or not uh I mean, you have the the Canadian one, right, for the the mailing list thing, don't you? I thought you had the the little Canadian uh, yeah, pop up well, thingy I, for that, yeah. They took that out of um, um, Mailchimp. They, they used to have a double opt in thing because we had that requirement in Canada, and uh, they took it out. And now I'm getting all kinds of spam entries into the mailing list, which is great. Just love it. Did they throw it behind a pro account or something? Sorry, no, no, no. No, they just it's it's people are putting people are posting up you know penis URLs and stuff like that or porn URLs. They just put garbage in there, right. But that's because you don't have the the double opt in. Yeah, well, so I mean, they still have to. There is, I think, the single opt in is still works on on. They're not getting added as the actual users into the mailing list because they have to they have to respond to it, right? They have to verify their email address. But yeah, I mean, people are just still out there just spamming, you know, data to see if somebody will uh, read it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've done my duty. I told you about the conference. <laughs> I guess I can go now. All right. Alrighty, folks. Have a good vacation, Jim. Midnight here, but it's 11 o'clock in Toronto. Oh, you're four mm-hmm. hours ahead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in Atlantic. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. It's 12 16 right yeah. now. It's so far in the middle. Like, Atlantic time, you made that up. Yeah. There's no Atlantic yeah. time. It ends at Pacific. Sorry, at Eastern, Eastern time. time. There's just ocean east of East Coast. Yeah. How is it? Really? <laughs> yeah. I could make a flat Earth joke right about now, but I can't think of yeah. one. I'm close to the edge. How about that? Yeah. All right. Close to Greenland, which which is going to be the 51st state pretty soon. I thought we were the 51st All right, 52nd state. state. Oh, Greenland. Is is uh, Trump going to buy well, it? He wants to. Really? That guy is so yeah. dumb. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> He's going to win. You watch. Yeah. Bad but true. It's repeating again. I mean, just the, the the queen is in on a no-deal Brexit. She, she full-on has the power to avoid this and said, you know what? Yes, why why don't we suspend parliament for an inconvenient amount of time? So wait, no-deal Brexit means Brexit isn't going to go through? Or I think they, they Brexit, but then they have like nothing set up for what are the rules for um, trade no. and yeah, it's passports the and worst all sorts of things? Possible thing. It's just chaos. Pull the plug. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I, well, I heard that uh, that uh, Northern Ireland is is it Northern Ireland? Uh, one of the Irelands is going to be really upset by Brexit because they want they want it to stay in. Yeah, and, well, uh, so, so they're, they're might, the Republic of Ireland is staying in. So Northern yeah. Ireland, which is part of Great Britain, uh, would pull out. So pretty much all of Great Britain except for England wants to stay in, but England has the most people, so they majority yeah. rules. You know how that yeah. works. Right. So, but I mean, it's it's certainly possible that uh, that Scotland and Northern Ireland could could secede from Great Britain. It'd be a weird yeah. thing because it's been around, well, it's been like that for a long time. But it's possible.